you are. Three, two, one. Welcome to the David the Dog Trainer Podcast, episode 103. Yes, Triple sir. digits. Here we are, 103. <laughs> Got a rainy, crappy day out today. Wonderful. Um, just Josh and I again today. Yeah. Sorry about it. It's sorry about it. Sorry about it. You got to deal with us again. Yeah. What's new? Well, uh, like you said, terrible weather. Um, but I will. I guess we should be happy about 45 degrees in January. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Is the world ending? It might be. It may, it may be. Um, <coughs> busy, busy, busy couple weeks. It's been fun. It's been a good start to my year for Josh Bay Productions, so... Just did um, Cloak and Dagger, finished up their Zodiac menu. Mm. Um, I think it's live right now, actually, so it you is. can go there and get it. That and it is. Yeah, they're pretty pretty crazy-looking drinks. So um, then today I got to go to Bar 32, got to talk to Pompadour, um, doing a bunch of stuff for that HR hospitality restaurant group, owns Delmonico's and stuff. So this month is packed for me. I like it. Yeah. yeah I'm sure. It just got really quiet all of a sudden. Yeah. the uh, I think the furnace went off. Is that what it was? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, don't cool. think I don't think they'll hear the white noise, but for us, we're like, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Busy, busy man, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Good last week. So we, uh, <clears throat> we've we talked the last couple podcast episodes on different dogs that I'm working with and, and happy to report all are doing well. So yeah, it's been a good week. Um, we're kind of in between... We're in that phase where we're in between where all the board and trains went home and came in, and we're kind of in that middle ground where most of the follow-up lessons are done with the last round. We still got, you know, two weeks before these dogs go home, um, mm-hmm. so we're kind of able to really delve in and put all of our attention into the, the dogs that are with us right now, yeah. which has been cool. The last couple of vlogs have been so fucking cool, man, especially mm-hmm. the one that went up yesterday. I think the one that went up yesterday has been one of my favorite ones. And then the one that's going to go up today also I think is going to be 10 out of 10 because they are the first vlogs in a while where they're primarily no lessons, right? Just day-to-day working with the dogs in the facility and working with the more difficult dogs in the facility. So like, for example, um, the one that went up the other day, we were working with Thor, the new dog we've talked about a couple times that has the aggression issues towards the handling and the collars and stuff, mm-hmm. showing some progress that he's making. He's making a ton of progress. You know, we could sit here and talk about it all day long, but I think it's best to just kind of watch that vlog. Um, I think one of the cool things that we showcased in the vlog with him specifically is, okay, he came in. He has strong aversion to, like, collaring up. He yeah. Definitely will bite you, right? I told you guys last time about how he got sent home because he bit one of our trainers pretty good in the finger. Yeah. Um, like, you know, he would be what we would consider to be a dangerous dog, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we used the muzzle very, 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 very strongly or whatever in the first couple of days, obviously, with him there where, yeah. like, he basically lived in that thing, right? And now we're in a place where, like, he can't have it on all the time forever, obviously. We got to start taking it off. We got to make sure that he could, you know start you know being trusted <laughs> yeah. more and more with handling related things so we showcased how we're utilizing it currently for mm. collaring up things to work it you know where where he's making strides right we're pushing the envelope little by little every day we're staying safe about things right we're keeping his brain focused where um you know he's starting to get past some of this kind of stuff and i think it really showcases that nicely Additionally, the two dogs we have in that are fighting with each other are fucking crushing it. They're two weeks in now, so they got two weeks more to go with us. And these dogs are looking really, really, really good. Like, they're they're looking awesome. So I'm very pumped on that as well. Uh, We showcased a lot of work with them. And then the one that's going to be coming out today was from yesterday, which was like the first day. And I don't even know how long that I had zero lessons yesterday. No wow. lessons, right? <laughs> so, so again, it was a lot of bouncing around. Worked with Seamus a little bit. Worked with Bridget a little bit. Worked with uh, uh, Senny a little bit, right? Just kind of doing a little bit of a lot of different things. Yeah. And Thor is my board and train right now. Like, obviously, I have other ones that like I'm I'm leading, but mm-hmm. Senny is doing a lot of the training with those dogs. Thor is like truly just my dog, yeah. right? Um, kind of anytime we get a dog like that in, you know. And I, I again, my schedule's opened up a little bit, so. 
he's able to get that kind of VIP treatment from me, you know? Yeah. So I spent the whole freaking day with that dog. We did like, I mean, it was like, I, I think I spent like three hours straight with him where we did everything, man. Like we took him, mm-hmm. we did walking around the facility, worked some drills outside, worked some drills inside. We took him to Edgewater. I think we walked like three miles at Edgewater with him. <laughs> Dogs, nice. people, bikes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just, just ton of stuff that's all going to be in the vlog. Then we showcase, we got another dog in right now. Uh, his name is MJ. He's one of my dogs, but Senny's doing the majority of the training mm. with. He's uh, in from Cuyahoga County Shelter. We're doing some training with him. Obviously, he's going to be going home here soon. And we're just working through some last quirky little details with him. He's got some, like, impulsive, we'll call it guarding stuff over, yeah. like, toys and food, right? Mm-hmm. And... um Again, it's not that he's a he's a very quirky dog, and again, you'll see it in the vlog, right? We'll see what we talk about it. We show like what we're doing with him and stuff like that. He's a quirky dog because he's never bitten anybody before, right? Yeah. He hasn't bitten any other dogs. He gets very overstimulated very easily, and he's very apprehensive about new situations sometimes. And we'll let you know when he's feeling uncomfortable by like growling, giving you a side eye, things like that. But it's never escalated to anything concerning, right? So, like, we're really trying to get a read off of this dog and figure out, you know, is this a dog that, you know, realistically can be homed out to somebody, right? Is he going to need a very particular type of handler in, you know, certain situations? Like, how is he going to act? How manageable are these behaviors? Mm -hmm. All all of the the above, right? We're trying to get a good read off of him. And luckily, when he goes home, home, right, (laughs) he's going to a foster home with, like, the girl that like heads the training department at Cuyahoga County, very knowledgeable, very competent. So she'll be able to really continue pushing that envelope and give her professional input on things. The thing I really like about Cuyahoga County is they're not like some of these shelters out there that are trying to rehome dogs that really should not be rehomed. You know, they make the right decision, whatever that winds up being as far as the dog that they're working with. So we're trying to help them and assist them as best as we can with this dog and give them as good of a foundation as we can give them our two cents on the situation. But anyways, so his impulsiveness over the food and toys, we started specifically working some drills with it. And one of the cool things you'll see in the vlog that comes out today is this dog was crazy tug motivated, man. Like he's mm-hmm. like freaking like a Malinois or something, right? This dude loves to tug, right? Ashen, yeah. super strong, stuff like that. And um, Senny came to me a couple days ago and was like, hey, you know, he's he's really into the play, you know? And the other day, she kind of let him win the tug, and he, like, went off and was, like, laying with it. And she went and, like, tried to get him to, to drop it and take it from him. And he kind of gave her, like, a weird look she was, mm-hmm. like, a little uncomfortable with. She's like, I don't know what it is, right? Can, yeah. we, can we work on that, right? Okay. So I was like, yeah, for sure. So first and foremost, again, let's see how he's playing. Pull him out. This is the first time I've seen him play. Crazy motivated, right? Like, way more than your average dog, right? Mm-hmm. Additionally, extremely impulsive to the toy, right? And again, we talk about this all the time with resource guarding dogs, right? Mm -hmm. When you're that impulsive for something, meaning, and when I say impulsive towards something, I mean just can't control yourself around it. Like that tug comes out and he is jumping for the thing, trying to grab it, like like no impulse control, right? When you're in, in that state of mind where it's like, that thing is mine, I have to have it and I can't even think around it and I need to just try to grab it at all costs, if you get into this state of mind where you then perceive while you're that aroused that somebody's trying to take it from you and stuff like that, you can also impulsively try to defend that thing, yeah. right? So so that can be very dangerous with dogs like him, right? Whether it's from the standpoint of he actually guards the thing and consciously tries to tell you, hey, don't fuck with my toy, or whether it's just from the standpoint of like he's playing tug and because he's so intense about it, you get that toy, you get him to release it because he has no impulse control, you pull it away and then he jumps up and nails you in the hand trying to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a million and one problems that can come from that. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I noticed, right? I'm having her tug with him, having her tug with him. I was like, all right, now get him to drop it, right? And, and, you know, our typical way of teaching a dog that is toy motivated to drop a toy, you know, in a competitive world, like if it were my dog and I could manage this stuff really well, so I would tell him drop it, would stabilize the toy to the best of my abilities, right? And I would just make it like a dead game. Like it's no longer fun. Okay. Right? And then at some point, he's going to realize this is boring, let it go. The second he lets it go, we give it back to him. So self-reinforcing. Mm-hmm. The quicker you let it go, the quicker the game starts again, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where everybody would say, well, well, that's going to work. So you just do that, right? I agree with you, right? 
It does work. It yeah. will work, right? Mm -hmm. But at what cost will it work per the situation that we're in? Let me give you an example, right? Okay. When Matt was with us, his dog... Uh, Annie was fucking psycho over the toy also, right? And we were getting ready to, like, use some tug stuff to, like, teach different obedience commands and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, I want to play tug with her. I'm playing tug with her, playing tug with her, super into it, right? And, like, listen, like, I'm not a huge guy by any means, but I think I'm, like, I'm, I'm strong enough in comparison to your everyday person. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Where it's not like I'm, like, this shrimp or anything like that, right? <laughs> not like fucking i'm not mr olympia or anything like that yeah. but like i think i could like hold my own when it comes to like the things you need to do in doctrine <laughs> right yeah so 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 i'm like all right out right and i stabilize that toy and i am not even exaggerating i think we set a timer i think i sat there and stabilized that thing to the best of my abilities for like 20 minutes <laughs> like dude she was just just the self-reinforcing nature of her just self-thrashing on it even though i was you know yeah. like holding it she wasn't stopping. And I probably, listen, if I sat there for an hour, I'm sure she would have stopped eventually. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's like, dude, at that 20 minutes, one, I was dead. <laughs> dead, dude. The for next sure. day, I woke up and I felt like I got hit by a fucking train, <laughs> dude. It was insane. It was like yeah. muscles I didn't even know I had yeah. were hurting, right? So Man. it's like, Again, we could get into that. There's a million different management techniques for them where it's like, okay, well, if you had her on a leash, she wouldn't have been able to thrash as much and pull you as much. And it's like, you could have just like dead weighted the toy, which is basically where you kind of just give it to the dog. And because the dog's not engaging with you anymore, it becomes yeah. boring and then they let it go. And then yes, boom, it starts again. There's other things you could do. I understand, right? Mm -hmm. As far as like ways to get her to drop it. But at that point, it became a... Get, now now let's, let's look at somebody like Senny, right? Mm -hmm. Who's probably half my size, right mm -hmm. definitely not as strong like no offense obviously it's nothing to do with her being a girl you know like mm -hmm. she's just smaller than me yeah right and a, a big strong dog trying to do that she's not going to be able to stabilize that toy for longer than 60 seconds yeah no. you know what i mean with a with a big strong dog by any means mm -hmm. so so again it, it would work but at this point we're looking at how do we make this dog as safe as possible and as reliable as possible we have fucking training on it to tell them to stop doing something, yeah. right? So what did we do, right? So so I did it the first few times. I did get him to release it by stabilizing it, right? But yeah. he was still very slow with it, right? Mm -hmm. So she did it, right? And like half of the time, he would like release it after like 60 seconds. Half of the time, he would just kind of keep thrashing on it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so I told her, I was like, all right, now tell him no. Right. So she told him no. Obviously, he knows no. So he kind of spit it out for a second. We came over. We nailed him for it. Big correction. Right. Went back to the game. Right. Hang on. I'm losing my train of thought here. Went back to the game. Right. First. Actually, first correction wasn't that high. First correction was just like a, a regular correction for it. Right. And again, you'll see all this. I'm just I'm trying to recall. You know, yeah. 24 hours ago is a very long time for me. My brain doesn't work that well. So so. So moderate correction for it, right? Enough to get him to drop it, obviously. He's like, oh, I didn't like that, whatever. But even after that first correction, as soon as she went to go start that game again, she's just like walking with a tug. He's like jumping all at her trying to get the fucking toy and stuff like that. He was still just being so yeah. not mindful of her and yeah. like a dick about this, right? Just mm -hmm. so impulsive, zero mindfulness towards her. And again, frankly, with the wrong person can become dangerous over yeah. those types of things, right? So we did it again, right? I told her, I was like, we're going to speed this up. I want him spitting this thing out much, much, much faster, right? Mm -hmm. So I told her, I was like, all right, now tug with him. And then when you tell him out, give him like two seconds. If he doesn't do it in two seconds, tell him no, we're going to correct him for it, right? Mm -hmm. Tug, 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 out, didn't do it. No, boom, this time, big correction for it. The second gotcha. one was the big correction. He was like, oh, shit, Yeah, right? <laughs> Went to re-engage with him. He was like a little like, wait, am I still allowed to play this, that? We got him to re-engage because he was very motivated, obviously, right? And we're playing, 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 playing. I was like, all right, I'll tell him out again. She said, out. The, like, as she was saying the word, he was like, okay, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Spit it out right away. Repeated that drill like seven more times, mm -hmm. right? Boom, 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 boom. Outing it like it was fucking, like nothing, right? Yeah. And each time we did it, again, same deal. Gave him that toy right back. We reinforced it heavily heavily right that's po positive reinforcement obviously giving mm -hmm. that toy right back to let him know the quicker you spit this out the quicker the game starts again and there's no conflict right yeah got him back to just super neutral ground with it and then he was like an angel about the tug being super mindful super respectful for it 
right? Yeah. So we chose to go that route with it, right? Every time we look at what method we're going to use to teach something, we have to look at like the risk to reward of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Where let's say I was training a competition dog. Let's say I was training Vinny, right? And I'm going to be competing with him and I need him to spit things out quickly, obviously. Mm-hmm. If I jump right in and nail him for not spitting it out, mm-hmm. there's a serious risk to my end goal which is i need for him to be confident while on bites on decoys and when they're telling him you know trying to fight back and make him not want to bite anymore and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i need him to say no screw you i want to keep biting right Mm -hmm. so if i give big corrections for that in the back of his mind he's always going to be like wait maybe he wants me to spit it out i don't want to get corrected for Mm -hmm. this where i could run the risk of it posing problems in that department right okay in this situation, what's the risk to reward? Well, we're not training a competition dog. We don't need for this <laughs> yeah. dog to want to fight somebody. Not at all. Right? That's actually the exact opposite of what we want to teach with them. <laughs> Very much so. Right? Yeah. So, so by me doing it solely positive only, by, by just using kind of the non-reinforcement of the game and the positive reinforcement when he spits it out and stuff like that, again, it will work with teaching a good out, but there won't be that level of respect where in the back of his mind, there's that degree of training trigger word, little bit of fear of getting that correction of like, whoa, like I want to make sure I'm following the rules right now. I want to make sure I'm not breaking the rules and getting in trouble for this, Mm -hmm. right? So, So the reward of adding the big correction in there is now we have him extremely mindful while in heightened states of drive Mm. of a smaller, weaker handler, physically, obviously. Right. Yeah. Not me. Everybody's yeah. we're all the same strength. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. <laughs> make sure I throw in my fucking yeah. my PC-ness into yeah. this, right? Disclaimers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> so now we have them super mindful, and we've also established much more quickly this off switch, right? Which is mm. essential with dogs like him, which is when you're in a state of drive. We could get as excited as you want, right? I do this with my dogs. I play with them, roughhouse this, that, but I could in a second turn them off. Yeah. Right? Disengage. Right? Mm -hmm. Bring that arousal level down. There it is. (laughs) The snaps. Just like that. Right? And that is such an important skill to teach. Right? So the risk to reward, again, in a competition dog, risk is I could ruin my dog's eagerness and willingness to fight through conflict on his bites. Mm -hmm. The reward is obviously you have a fast out. Eh, The risk is greater than the reward in that situation. Mm -hmm. In this situation... The risk is if I do it in a positive only uh, manner, right? Or or sorry, the risk of if I do it in this situation is maybe the dog loses a little bit of temporary interest in the game, right? Mm -hmm. But the reward is I know that they're going to be able to control themselves in states of drive. Yeah. The reward is way better in that situation. Oh, yeah. Right. So this is as we're looking at methods, what this is going to lead into one of the next things that I have to talk about here. As we look at the methods we use. Right. Mm. And why would with certain clients, would I take a, a, a primary, primarily compulsion based training system, meaning very little food, a lot of consequences, right? A lot of aversive use and stuff like that. Why would I take an approach like that with some dogs and a more positively motivated uh, approach with other clients? Mm. Why would I do that? Well, it's because I weigh out the risk to reward. Right. Yeah. You know, if I spend more time with this, what's the risk and the reward? If I spend less time with this, what's the risk to reward? If I get a little more firm on this dog, what's the risk to reward, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to look at that so that you could understand where and when you need to pull from different areas of your dog training expertise. Yeah. Makes, that makes 100% sense. Strong start, guys. Yeah, it was. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's very, very clear cut in a situation like that where it's where he's getting himself so riled up mm-hmm. that obviously he's lo- losing con- kind of control of where he's yeah. he's so f- fixated on one thing that I mean yeah your risk to reward I mean it's pretty pretty cut and dry I feel like in that situation because it's like mm-hmm. we know what he's going to do if he if you let him just get like overstimulated and overhyped he's yeah you know he might get a little crazy yeah Actually, I feel like I have so many things to talk about. This is the first time that I've really felt Good. like I'm like triggering all of these things to talk about. Right? Oh, I love it. So, so God, I've got another client situation I just thought of as we're talking about <laughs> that I'm like, man, that'd be good to talk about. But then I got my list here. 
let's stay stay the course here, right? So we'll move to the next thing here, right? So just just current news in dog training right now, right? So there's yeah. a podcast that came out last week Ooh. by uh, Ivan Blabinoff. I've talked oh, about yes. him before because he had a podcast with Larry Crone that I listened to that we just dissected a little bit, kind of broke down our opinion on, obviously. He did a podcast with this guy, Michael... I'm going to totally butcher this guy's last name. Hold on. Oh, no. Where is it? I'm going to find it in a second. All right. Michael uh, Shikashio. Shikashio. I think it's Michael Shikashio. Let me see it. Shikashio. Is that how you say that? Yeah, we'll something go with like that. that. Shikashio. Yeah, yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> so whatever. So my, Ivan obviously is a globally renowned dog trainer, competitive dog trainer, right? Yeah. He's like three-time... Um, <clears throat> She's like three-time world champion and like eight-time national champion. Mm. Very established trainer, yes, <laughs> right? Dude yeah. knows what the fuck he's doing. He's been around. He's <laughs> been around the block. He's been training dogs for like 40 years. Like <laughs> yeah. Right? Michael is a uh, force-free trainer, right? Okay. Fine, right? Mm. And he, his specialty is like how he advertised himself is he's like an aggression specialist, right? Now... From everything I've seen so far about this guy, mm-hmm. I dig his stuff. You know what I mean? I've okay. got nothing wrong with it. He has a podcast called The Bitey End of the Leash, I believe, <laughs> right? Which I think is a fucking hilarious name. It is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he talks to different people, and, and he's very, you know, obviously, like a lot of the force-free community, very analytical, kind of science-backed with stuff and this and that, and and very well-spoken, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of his concepts and ideas are really, really good. You know, I think there's a lot that can be learned from guys like him, right? Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't seem, from what I've seen, he doesn't seem super, like, in the force-free camp of pushing, like, this stuff is bad, which is, I feel like, a lot of the marketing tactics. It's more like, this is what I do. Now, questionable nature to, like, if you go on his page and stuff like that, virtually all of his content is him talking about methods, right? Mm -hmm. Which is... Which is, again, a lot of our issue with a lot of this stuff, which is like, let's kind of see some of it, yeah. right? And a lot sure. of his demonstrations he does, because he's a dog tra- trainer trainer at this point, right? Like, he doesn't gotcha. really work with a lot of clients. I don't mm-hmm. think, again, I'm, I'm making a lot of assumptions here right now, yeah. just based on what I've seen on his uh, social media channels, obviously. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his seminars that he does, he's working, he's, he does the thing that a lot of people do, which is like, we work with stuffed dogs, right? So I demonstrate techniques using fake dogs, which is, Listen, when you get into learning mechanics of dog training with things like that, like let's say I'm trying to teach a dog trainer leash handling techniques, right? Mm -hmm. How to hold the leash, right? How to um, apply and release pressure, stuff like that. There's something to be said about do I actually need a real dog in order to teach those things? Not necessarily. You know what I mean? Like a lot of that stuff probably can be taught with a fake dog, Mm -hmm. right? If I'm focused on my mechanic, right? Like if I'm focusing on the me side of things, a lot of things can be done without a dog, right? A a good example, right? Michael Ellis, one of my favorite trainers, obviously very, very popular, very well-established competitive dog training, uh, dog trainer. In his first DVD that I watched, The Power of Training Dogs with Food, there were a lot of things when he was talking about luring and stuff, like food luring, where he was demonstrating it. Like one of the things in particular, because like a lot of people have a hard time luring in straight lines, right? Mm -hmm. He had two cones and a fucking piece of string strung along it that were at like dog nose height Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he had people practicing it on the fucking strings (laughs) so again i'm not hating on working with fake dogs yeah right like i think that's fine okay um but but i haven't really seen him like really work with actual dogs dogs. right interesting so whatever so they had this podcast and the intent of this podcast was to be hey like this is the first time like a well-established balance trainer and a well-established force free trainer are going to sit down and kind of hash some shit out right Mm -hmm. i was super excited when this podcast came out and then i was even more excited that i saw it was like three and a half hours long because i fucking love a good podcast i love a good long podcast (laughs) where we could get into the weeds of some shit yeah right I'm listening to it. It was good. First, first, first 45 minutes. And like, like they're kind of like they're starting off with the friendly introductions. This is what I do. This is what I do. Hey, you know, like we don't disagree, we don't agree on everything, obviously. We disagree on a lot of things, but it's good that we could sit here and have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Then we get an hour in, then we get an hour and a half in, then we get two hours in. And <laughs> 
and I'm being overly critical right now, okay. like literally the first two and a half hours of this podcast was talking in circles of basically just repeating over and over again. We don't agree on everything, but it's okay because we could have a conversation. <laughs> like just literally just saying that, <laughs> right? And why don't more people do this? Why don't more people have a conversation? I was like, well, can you guys actually talk about something? <laughs> Please, yeah. like, can you actually talk about something, yeah. please? Right, and then finally, right at like two hours and forty-five minutes, I feel like, right, like of, of a three and a half hour long podcast. Okay, finally, Ivan's like, all right, let's talk about e-collars a little bit, right? I was like, boom, here we go, come on, right? <laughs> Give me some juice, right? Give it to him, and <laughs> and they they talked about it for like twenty minutes. Right. Uh -huh. And and didn't really even talk about anything. It was all like there was like like Ivan threw out like a couple like hypotheticals and then Michael threw out a couple like kind of hypotheticals. But there was like not. Re and they clearly disagreed. But mm -hmm. there was no like digging into the disagreement and like, let's figure out <sighs> yeah. what we disagree about and like, you know, debate the actual why we disagree about it and stuff mm -hmm. like that. There was kind of none of that. It just yeah. kind of then stopped. They just stopped talking about it and then moved on to another conversation. And then like it ended and wow. it ended because Ivan said that like his, his, because it was three and a half hours, it was a long podcast. He was like, Oh, my guy says that my batteries are, or my memory card is filled up on my camera. Like we can't film anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It was just like, it was kind of frustrating because yeah. I was like, I was really looking forward to it. I was like, both these guys are very smart. Both these guys are very well spoken, mm -hmm. you know, and they're going to hash some shit out. And there really just was like not. Yeah. All it was was like a friendly like, hey, we could get along with each other. Yeah. That was it. Like, OK. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about something. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what you're saying is our conversations with the positive only trainers have been much better is what you're saying. We haven't even had any. Yeah, we have. Oh, proper, you're talking proper. Po yeah. that, that doesn't, that doesn't really count. I don't feel like because what? we weren't going into that conversation with the intent of let's find the things we disagree about and talk about them. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if anything, we kind of, I don't want to say avoided them, but like that wasn't the purpose of that conversation. Like we didn't That's talk true. about controversial topics. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? We, yeah, we there was no like, hey, what do you think about e-collars? You know, like <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I punish dogs. Like, what do you think about that? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there was none of that. It was just like hey, we had a lot of things yeah. that we did agree on, yeah, right? And we true. had a lot of things that we we saw things very similarly and we and we talked about those things. And that was the point of that conversation. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I get I get what you're saying. Some we, of the other ones we were supposed to have when fucking Oh yeah. Whatever the the dog wizard, whatever the fuck that guy's <laughs> name is. Dog right? wizard. Gage, the dog, the dog guy. I think he's Shark Wahlberg on TikTok right now, or something like that. Every single one of those names. Dude, oh my god, ridiculous, right? But yeah. like, he was supposed to come on. That was going to be an actual debate, right? Yeah. The fucking uh, beyond the leash or through the leash or whatever the fuck that girl's name is. Right? Yeah. That was going to be an actual debate, mm -hmm. and it just it never happened. You yeah. know, they always back out. Those would have been actual. Like I had questions outlined, I had topics outlined. Like let's talk about these things. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. And again, not enough. Uh, like we're gonna argue way. Like let's yeah. let's debate these topics. Yeah. Right. Let's let's hash out our disagreements here. Yeah, I guess you're right. We haven't had a good debate in a no. while. No, no. I don't. I don't know. You know, which is fine. But yeah, so that that happened. That's something that happened in the dog training world. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. I. I but but all that to say. Had high hopes for the podcast, kind of let me down a little bit. And if anybody's thinking about listening to it, three and a half hours is a long time. I personally don't think I really got anything out of it. Yeah. I don't really think I did. <laughs> well, I mean, you immediately went in like, if you cut the first, you listen to the first half hour, then cut the next two hours out, and then listen to the oh, last yeah, 45 yeah, yeah. minutes. Yeah, do that. Get... Listen to the first 45 minutes and the last 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not do, a good... Uh... Do that. That's, that's not a good thing for a podcast that's that long. No. Um, okay. Moving on. What else we got here? Let's see. Ooh, 30 minutes in already. Okay. So we got a couple questions here. I got a couple Instagram questions from people that I want to kind of dive into a little bit. There's two of them. We'll see. We'll start with this first one. Long question. Okay. This person asked a question before, mm -hmm. and it was another long question, and we did a whole episode, I remember, where we really got into the weeds with it. Yeah. Right? Okay. 
There's a new one. I haven't even read this one yet. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna read this question and see if we can uh, start doing this. <clears throat> are you ready? I'm ready. Cameras are rolling. All right. This question is from Elena. Hey, David. Hope you are well. I'm still loving your podcast and have been catching up on the latest episodes recently. Let's go. Yeah, son. If you're taking requests, one topic I'd love to hear you explore is co-owning training a dog. Ooh, interesting. My boyfriend has a reactive dog, and as we get more serious, we're spending more time together. I've noticed lots of bad habits that don't align with how I manage my dogs. Mm. Luckily, our dogs get along great. But if we move in together, is it realistic to just let him do his own thing with his dog and keep doing my thing with my dog? I worry his dog's habits and lifestyle could work against all the training I've done with my dog. Or on the flip side, I'll look like an ass if I treat his dog the same way I treat my own. Some of his bad habits include using an improperly sized prong collar, allowing the dog to walk at the end of the leash during walks, Dog is a little overweight and not food motivated. <laughs> Gets lots of table food. Dog barks at all other dogs outside, and my boyfriend coddles her and tries to calm her down. Also coddles her inside when she is displaying anxious behaviors. When I brought certain things up, he basically says that he knows his dog isn't perfectly behaved, but he's willing to live with the imperfections. Mm. His dog is also slightly smaller and easier to control. Generally, she's very well behaved, and I don't think... She's a crazy dog in need of a lot of training. I more worry about the implications on my own dog if two dogs in the same household have different sets of rules. As always, I look forward to hearing more of your discussions. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Man. This is a good question. That is a, it's a good, good question. Good question, right? And we could equate this to a lot of different things. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I, I talk a lot about... I've always, I've been a big Dave Ramsey fan for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, total money makeover, right? Like his his philosophies on money and life and stuff like that. Like I I've always I've always resonated very well with it. And one of the things he talks a lot about is that looking at your financial success that you have, right, with mm-hmm. with your partner, right, with your your husband or wife, right, mm-hmm. <clears throat> is you've got to work together on those things and have similar goals to be able to achieve the biggest results. Because if you're doing things on your own and the other person is doing things on your own, you're not really working in a partnership. Mm-hmm. I think that that applies similarly to this. Mm-hmm. And if we humanize this, which we love humanizing things to help people understand concepts better, let's look at this if this were children, mm-hmm. right? And... One child had one complete set of rules. The other child had a completely different set of rules. Mm. And you guys could not align yourself on how you think you should raise children. That is going to cause issues. Not necessarily forget that your dog's going to learn skills from this dog or the other way around. Or this kid's going to learn bad habits from this one and this one from this one or anything Mm. like that. But it's going to show that you guys aren't on the same page about things that are very important, right? Mm -hmm. Animals, kids, in-laws, money, right? Like all those types of things that we want to make sure we're on the same page about. Now, from everything that you read or you typed out in this, it doesn't sound like this guy is by any means oblivious to his dog's bad habits, Yeah. right? It doesn't sound like by any means he's giving you pushback from the standpoint of like, no, I know more about this than you or the stuff you're going to you want me to do isn't working or anything like that. It just sounds like he's just kind of okay with his dog's behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And doesn't necessarily understand the importance of getting past some of those types of things, right? Now, I obviously had the benefit of when I got married being a dog trainer, right? And I met my wife because she brought her dog in for dog training. So so I yeah. had the added benefit of being able to just like play dog trainer in the house and be like, we should do these things and we shouldn't do these things. And that's just kind of mm-hmm. what we're going to do, right? Yeah. But when I work with families that have multiple people or couples, right? We see this a lot, right? With couples that come in and one person likes living a certain way with the dogs. The other person likes living another way with the dogs, right? Yep. And... 
I always say, you're not going to get it where both of you guys are doing the exact same shit all the time, right? Obviously, consistency is important, right? And yeah. obviously, you know, we want to make it as consistent as possible from the standpoint of, like, the rules that are being followed and this okay. and that. But inevitably, one person is going to behave a little differently than the other person around the dogs. And instead of looking at this from the standpoint of your dog does certain things and his dog does certain things, right? Mm -hmm. I would look at it more of a unit of like, hey, let's educate him on the important thing. Let's fight the important fights, right? So, yeah. so, so reading this again here, right? Improperly sized prong collar, right? If we could educate him on why a prong collar should be fitted properly, mm -hmm. how it's safer for the dog, how yeah. ultimately it's going to get the point across better. Um, it's going to allow you to be able to communicate more effectively. That's going to be an important fight to fight, and there shouldn't be a ton of pushback on that. Like, hey, yeah. let's take a couple links out of this thing. Yeah. Let's give it a go. You know what I mean? I think that's an easy one to, to communicate, mm -hmm. right? Allowing the dog to walk at the end of the leash during the walk, and especially with the dog being a little anxious and barky and stuff like that, I would say that's another important one to fight where... I would be communicating clearly, listen, we could get some of these anxious behaviors under control, right? The dog is obviously displaying these anxious behaviors because we're not giving enough direction while we're out and about. So by giving the direction, we could actually reduce the dog's anxiety and make it be happier, yeah. right? And then we could still give the dog freedom. A lot of people look at when we start applying rules and structure that it's us restricting freedoms from the dog. Yeah. That's not the case, right? Not we want to give the dog direction sometimes and then show him all the places we can give the freedom, right? When we get to the park, we can let the dog run and be free and chase a ball or, or sniff around and all that kind of stuff. But in certain situations, it's important that we do that. We could fight that fight, right? Overweight and not food motivated, though I really care about that, obviously. Mm -hmm. Initially, that probably wouldn't be a fight that I'm super concerned about. Yeah. Right, it's not going to impact the dog's behavior that much. Yeah, you know what I mean. Again, there's plenty of conversation of like you know overweight dogs. You know, obviously you look at it with humans, right? Humans that are unhealthy and out of shape are going to you know be a little bit more anxious, a little bit Ooh, more right. antsy, right? They're not yeah. going to be feeling as good, obviously. So it's an important one. It's definitely something we would want to kind of get to, but I wouldn't worry too much about that one initially, mm -hmm. right? The coddling, calming her down. Everybody that does that does that with the right intentions. Yeah. Right? Everybody that coddles their dog, hugs them when they're anxious, is petting them constantly, they do it because they want the dog to feel more secure. Right? Mm -hmm. So once we educate them, like I've never struggled with once I've educated somebody on why petting them when they're in an anxious state of mind is so terrible for them that they've still continued to do it. Right? Mm -hmm. So so that's an important one you could fight, obviously. And And those are really the behaviors. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> so so a lot of this is an education thing, right? Let's get them to understand why some of these things are important. Let's start having the conversation before you move in on, hey, this is how I live with dogs. It's a very important thing to me, and I would like for us to be on the same page with that mm -hmm. and do it in a way where Dave Ramsey talks a lot about because like a lot, there's a lot of similarities between this and how he talks about coaching his families to talk to each other about money and getting okay. on the same page with things because yeah. most couples that are together don't agree at all about that and that's obviously a very important thing yeah right and he says most people that try to convince their significant other on like why they should be being better with money do it in a very belittling way they do mm -hmm. it in a way where it's like they're talking down to the person. They're saying, yeah. you don't know anything, and I know more than you. And it's subconscious. You're not doing it on purpose, obviously. Yeah. But you're doing it in a very, like, like, like yeah. I'm telling you what to yeah. do way, right? Which puts people into a defensive oh, yeah. state of mind, Shield right? right up. Shield up. Like, why would I want to do that? Like, you're not giving me any reason to be motivated to it. Mm -hmm. Where, again, if you educate on, like, I want to I have this partnership with you, right? Like, I'm not perfect, right? Like, my dogs aren't perfect by any means. Your dog's not perfect, but I want to do better for them, mm -hmm. right? And by us working on the same page, right? And by us being a little bit more consistent about the rules amongst our dogs and treating them like a pack as opposed to, like, the two stepchildren or mm -hmm. something like that, right? They're going to be happier. We're going to be happier. Everybody's going to be able to live a more enjoyable life together and will have the added benefit from a relation standpoint, a relationship standpoint on teamwork, team building, and mm -hmm. developing our relationship further by striving towards the same goal together. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. 
So that's so much of this from the standpoint of, let's say that doesn't work for whatever reason. Like, obviously, I would question your ability to work together a little bit, right? That's an important thing, obviously, yeah. right? But, you know, the I always say, like, let's say you have a, a house guest staying over for a week or something like that, and that dog is poorly behaved. It's not an excuse for your dog's behavior, right? Mm-hmm. So ultimately, let's say the other person, because we work with plenty of couples that the a lot of times we see this with a guy honestly the guy is just does not want to change what they're doing yeah right and the wife is very very like adamant on like i need this dog to behave with me you know in worst case scenario in those types of situations as long as you're consistent about the rules with your dog when you're present that dog will still listen to you right mm-hmm. i don't give a shit what you do when you come into my house yeah my dogs are still expected to listen to me. oh yeah for sure i don't give a shit if another dog comes over the house my dogs are expected to listen to me yeah. Right. So I wouldn't be worried about that, but I would be looking at this from the standpoint of how do we work together more? How do I help educate him in a way that isn't belittling him? Right. Mm-hmm. How do I get, how do I fight the important fights first and then work towards the bigger picture of just in general, like feeding habits and, and all those other habits and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. And I would just start getting him to understand how important it is to you. Yeah. Right. Because if he understands how important this is to you, if he loves you and cares about you, he should want to support you through that with whatever that looks like. Yep. So I think that's the biggest way I would look at this. Yeah. I think that's great. I think an, um, another question I have kind of to tack onto that. So, you know, like I'm guessing their dog is fully trained, right? And then this one's coming in. How how do you would you deal with them? Um, I don't know, maybe getting the fr- like a frust like a getting frustrated with the other dog because you know you have them both together, but you know your dog is always listening and this dog's not not trained maybe in the same obedience or or whatever. Like, and I know that creates a lot of frustration for people. Like, how's a good way to try to like stay level headed with that dog because I know it could be easily like aggravating when your dog's doing everything right and this dog like you know is is untrained well thing number 1 that i would do is understand that until you have this conversation and get on the same page with mm-hmm. stuff it's not your responsibility yeah you've got to separate right that's like saying yeah like i go out in public and i see this random person letting their kid do all these things that don't even affect me. But yeah. like, I would never let my kid do those things. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you need to get the fuck over it. <laughs> like, on, honestly, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's not your business, no, right? Sure. Like they are going to do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And unless it's directly impacting you, right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Now, I think where I see a lot of the frustration come from, maybe in this situation, if we were going to kind of dig into some hypotheticals here, mm-hmm. is maybe she's starting to see this dog's poor behavior, right? Mm. Impact her dog a little bit from the yeah. standpoint of she can't keep her dog under control around the other dog. Yeah. Which she's looking at from the standpoint of this is the other dog's fault when in actuality it's highlighting issues with your Big training. Dog. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Why can't the dog focus in around this dog? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I think that in a lot of cases is some of it too, where I would say, you know, you got to hold your dog to a higher standard then, right? You got to mm-hmm. increase the accountability. You got to make sure your communication is clear enough, yeah. right? Control the things that you can control. Yeah, big time. Not what you so can. that could be some of it. If this is coming from a place of you're seeing your dog's training already slip a little bit, mm-hmm. um, around this other dog because it's a higher distraction and your dog isn't performing well around that higher distraction, that's something I would be looking to work through. Mm. Now, another thing I would say too, sometimes, you know, obviously people don't like hearing things sometimes from their significant other from the standpoint of these types of things. Yeah. Another thing you could consider too is, you know, again, I don't I don't know where you're located or, or, or where you've done your training and stuff like that, but maybe you guys go do some classes together. Mm. You know what I mean? Have a trainer be the one to tell them, hey, what the fuck are you doing over there? (laughs) You know? I'm happy to be the bad guy in that situation, you know? Yeah, I'll be the professional. Yeah, so so that's a that's an option as well. You know, you guys can go do some classes together and be like, hey, like I wanna I wanna get us on the same page with how to work with dogs. Yeah. So that's a good idea. Something else I would look at. All right. Got one more question here. All right. 
That was a really good one. Yeah, what do you remember? What her other question was? Yeah, I, I, it I don't remember what it was. It was yeah. really long, and it then, was really good. It, yeah, it was something pertaining to like dog reactivity or something like that. Yeah. I think. Well, what's her name? Elena. Elena. Keep asking the questions. Yeah, keep asking questions. You're uh, you get gold stars. All right. So this is the next question. I received this yesterday from uh, Matthew. So Matthew asks. I'd like to know your opinion on a few things. My dogs have been training at a place that uses leash corrections on a choke collar, and they are transitioning to a prong collar soon. They don't use food rewards to teach the commands in the first place, mostly just corrections. I've seen a dog go through their program, and it worked, but I can't help but wonder if there's a more rewarding experience they could have. Both my dogs are sweet and gentle and only have minor problems, like jumping at the door. I'm not against tools at all. I'm just wondering if you think they are being used right for my dogs. I just want them to to have a gentle, fun training experience, but I'm not against corrections. Just feel they should be rewarded uh, more for being correct. This is a great question. Very valid concerns, too. Good question, right? So to answer the first question, or one of the questions in there, which is, are they being used correct, right? Mm -hmm. I would not assume that they're being used incorrect i'm not seeing the training obviously right so i can't necessarily tell you yes no right but used correct is very subjective right because one there's a lot of ways you could use training tools Mm -hmm. right so correct to whose standards would be the first question i ask (laughs) right the the second thing is is the right approach is it the right approach for your dog that's also subjective right because here's the thing right like Again, th- this training is probably going to work well for these dogs. Yeah. It's probably going to get them to a place where they listen great. Mm-hmm. But we know that training isn't so much about did it work for the dog. A lot of times it's did it work for the owner and accomplish the goals they have, right? Mm-hmm. And some people, obviously, I mean, we get plenty of clients that just don't want to use food. They don't want to use rewards. Contrary yeah. to what a lot of people would probably think, which is everybody wants to reward their dog. <laughs> yeah. Some people have no interest in it. They're like, I just want my dog to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's fine. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. I might educate you on some places where maybe we should loosen up with the dog a little bit or we don't yeah. have to be so strict or maybe we make it a little bit more fun for them. But, like, if you don't care about that, I ain't going to put that much emphasis into it. I could train a dog without food perfectly fine. Right? Yeah. But if I get a client that comes in that in this boat, if as I'm talking to them when they come in for their training session, they're like, all right, well, I'm, you know, like, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? They're like, my dog jumps on people and runs at the front door, but has zero aggression issues, is great with other dogs, is great with guests, you know, they're very sweet dogs, mm-hmm. right? And I just want to have a fun experience training the dogs. I'm going to cater the program towards that. Yeah. Right? Especially if the dogs have good food motivation and stuff like that. All right, cool. Right? Like, obviously, we don't have any big goals. Like, the jumping, I could stop in two seconds. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we could, you know, I could could tell him, like, well, listen, we can be firm on the jumping. We can get that under control like that. Yep. Right? And then as soon as we've got that under control, we got one of your big goals accomplished. You're not having very many other major issues, but you you want your dogs to listen a little bit better to you. We could take our time with the other things. Right? We Mm -hmm. could spend the time reinforcing the dogs and teaching them to have a good relationship with the training and use more food and stuff like that, right? Oh, yeah. So so if you feel like you want more of an approach like that, and and listen, I also want to caveat this with, you know, I also don't, I don't let my clients dictate what I do, obviously, from the standpoint of like, if somebody came in and said, I want to use more food and training, but their dog's a fucking psychopath and they have zero control over them and, mm-hmm. you know, like the dog's biting other dogs yeah. and being really reactive and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I still have the right to veto that and say, well, that's probably not the right thing that we should be focused on right now because A, B, C, or D, but I should be able to articulate that clearly to you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So if that's a concern of yours, right, the first thing I would say is you can bring, bring it up to your trainer, right? Ask them. Be like, hey, you know, like, why can't we use a little bit more reinforcement, you mm-hmm. know? And don't say it in a way where it's like, this other trainer yeah. told you, you know what I mean? Like, don't say it <laughs> in that kind of way. Just ask, like, hey, I'm just, I'm literally curious, right? Like, I would like the dogs to enjoy the training process, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like we're, we're using a lot of positive reinforcement. Like, why is that the case? And what you may find is the trainer may have a very valid reason, yeah. right? They may be seeing something I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing your dogs. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know anything about your dogs aside from what you told me. And, you know, obviously no offense to you, but I've had a lot of people tell me one thing about dogs before and it'd be a a very opposite thing when I actually see the dogs. Yeah. 
So I would ask them, see if they have a logical reason for it. Or maybe they say, you know, sure, we could add some in. No problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in a lot of cases, I know from personal experience and what I've seen before too, sometimes just, you know, sometimes it just like to us doesn't seem that necessary because the dog's moving through things perfectly fine. But it's Mm -hmm. like, it also isn't going to hurt anything to add it in. So if somebody said, hey, can I use some treats through the process? I'll be like, sure. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're moving along fine. But if you want to add in some reinforcement, yeah, yeah, whatever. whatever. I don't have a problem with that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So, So have the conversation first, right? And this is a part of like when you're working with a trainer, you have to trust that you could have conversations like that. And again, not be confrontational about things, right? Mm Because you don't want to be the guy that's also questioning everything the trainer is doing. But if you have questions about things, you got to ask them and see, does this person have sound logic behind the methods they're using, right? I try to always position myself where if you ask me why I'm doing something with a dog, I can articulate pretty darn clearly why I'm doing it. Yeah. Right? And then you could see, does that make sense to me or not? Mm -hmm. So that's how I'd look at that situation. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> All right. Not much more to say on that. Yeah, I don't either. That's that was very articulated perfectly. Yeah. Um man, I mean I got some other things, but like these things, these are kind of long topics. I think we might wrap that up and save these for next time. Okay. I think this was a good episode. Yeah. Those are great questions, man. Good questions, man. I like when we get them. You know, a lot of times we get a lot of questions through Instagram. We get a lot of questions through YouTube. We get a lot of questions through TikTok and stuff like that. And a lot of times I just answer them right on the platform. Anytime I notice like a longer one like that come in, though, I try to save it. Yeah. So keep asking. Keep it for the goodies, yeah. Keep asking them. But yeah, we're going to wrap that up on that. Cool. Anything else to throw in? No. That was perfect. I think, I I guess, really quick on that last that last question, it's like... You know, I I, th- I do think people get worried about because the trainer is the expert, right? Sure. So, <clears throat> questioning, you know, authority, kind of. You don't want to question. Th- this is very similar to the last question where I talked about like coaching your significant other on yeah. something. You have to be very clear about how you're doing these things, yep. right? You have to be mindful of how you're coming across when you ask things, yeah, right? Exactly. Again. My job is to answer people's questions. How do I fix this? How do I do that? Okay. What's a better way to do this? This and that. So it's just another question. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's no different than anything else. Mm. But if you go in and, and, and it's like it's done in this way where it's like, hey, I was thinking my dogs really don't seem like they're liking this. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it doesn't seem like you care a whole lot about them being happy in the yeah. training. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why is that? <laughs> Like, I would, my brain would, if somebody came in and said that, my brain would immediately go to, oh, this fucking guy. Yeah. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'd still answer the question, but I would kind of be like, all right, you know what? Yeah. Come on, dude. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's about how you, yeah. But if it 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 simply is just, hey, um, is it okay to use rewards through this? Yeah. You know? Is that going to hurt anything? Is there a reason why we're not? You know? And just, it's just a question. Yeah, exactly. it's, It's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Just word it properly. Yeah. So with a positive attitude. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're that's, it. That. that's it for me. All right, guys. <laughs> Catch you on the next one. See ya.